There are many ways people listen to Vision, including in cars through the Vision app. The Vision app is compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So if you have mobile coverage, you can stream any of Vision's live radio channels in crystal clear quality and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts all on the go. There are other ways to connect your phone to your vehicle speakers too. You can see detailed instructions when you Google ways to listen to Vision. However and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On Vision Christian Radio, Neil with you, the Tuesday edition of 2020. On a Tuesday, we like to check in with Christian commentator Greg Bondar. He's National Director of Christian Voice Australia. Hey, Greg, a special welcome back to 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil. Delighted to be with you again. (laughs) Greg, some interesting, important issues to tackle today. You've been giving some thought. You've got some research happening on families and around this thought that maybe we need to, as Christian parents, protect our children and teens from what is considered a dangerous ideology, the transgender industry's ideology. What are your thoughts in this space? Yeah, now very quickly, um, the issue we've got here is that this uh, this will become a political uh, hot potato in New South Wales. See, what we've got at the moment, I've done some research on this quickly, Neil, is that Transgender ideology has been actually fracturing countless of families, you know, countless number of families. And in particular, in the past decade, you know, uh, your your listeners will have known that uh, transgenderism has absolutely exploded across the world, but in particular the West. So what, what what's happening, Neil, is that, uh, you know, uh, the number of young people identifying as transgender, now you listen to this, has doubled. In, in, in the last few years from about from about one in five now who identifies transgender. But the important thing is that they are aged between 13 and 17. Uh, so there's a real concern here for young for, 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 for youth and, and for teenagers. <clears throat> and interesting, isn't it? Uh, that 13 to 17 years of age, uh, you know, we're talking about puberty, uh, that transition mm. from childhood to adult, and it's a time of, you might say, vulnerability. In that time, you know, you get to a fork in the road for your life and you can make good choices and bad choices and uh, you can choose all sorts of things and when there are people there who are uh, leading you one way or another, there's a likelihood you could follow in their footsteps if you think that they're some sort of, you know, uh, special influencer or something Mm. like that. Uh, It's a vulnerable age, isn't it? Oh, very much so. And you see, the the issue is that uh, due to peer pressure, uh, the popularity of being transgender, uh, the, the trendiness of the, the transgender movement, what's happening is that kids are now more and more seeking diagnosis of transgender dysphoria. And that's actually tripled from 2017 to, uh, to 2021. Uh, and that is a real concern because, Neil, I'm by this, but the TikTok social media platform has logged 50.2 billion views on transgenderism. So kids are being, 
you know, coerced into making a, a, a connection or trying to make a connection with transgenderism. And, and quite frankly, this is, this is an issue that parents will need to address right now. Well, our kids, our teenagers, they're on social media and they are interested in these things. As we've heard so many times on this program, young people understand something about identity and they're choosing an identity that is different to the way we might have traditionally thought of identity and where we get that identity from. Let's talk about that for a few moments, Greg, because, you know, what do you do if you're a parent and you want to protect your own children and teenagers, um, what do you do? Yeah, Neil, I've had a good look at this, and the issue we've got is, as you would well know, that uh, a lot of the states in Australia have now sort of got conversion therapy laws, which means parents, pastors, uh, your church or whatever can't talk a a young uh, person out of trying to convert to transgender uh, identity. So what we've got here is what do we do? Now, Neil, I've got to tell you, this is not a left-wing versus a right-wing issue. This is basically a biblical issue for all Christians, and in particular, parents. So what can a parent do? Well, in my view, parents need to save their children from this irreversible medical harm, and in, uh, the, the idea, ideological indoctrination in particular, and the best way to do that, Neil, is to tell the truth expose the lies and once we start doing that i think kids will start to click the second thing parents need to do is when i said tell the truth we've got to let our kids know that our bodies and their identity is a male and female and we do it from a biblical perspective and neil you know i just read the other day again uh, genesis 1 27 and god created man to his own image to the image of god he created him male and female he created them Neil there's no other truth than this and that's what we've got to get across to our children by telling them the truth and exposing the lies and isn't it interesting Greg if we were pausing and reflecting and saying is this a clear example of uh, how you discern what truth is because you do want truth that comes from the transcendent God the one who is the foundation of all truth. Otherwise, and if you're ignoring God, if you're ignoring the scripture, you're thinking that whatever you're hearing on social media must be the truth. It must be the truth that you can have all sorts of different genders, dozens, even hundreds. Uh, So in some ways here, uh, what happens within your family is so, so important uh, for your own family to have a a discussion perhaps even around what is it that gives us a foundation for truth. Any thoughts here for parents who are thinking, how do I get a foundation in place so that when my kids get to this age, we can affirm what is true? Yeah, Neil, absolutely. Look, I think the best advice I can give people is do it as soon as you can. Make sure that you do take a biblical perspective, but be careful because I said there is legislation in place now that can have you jailed or fined. I think in Queensland it's $18,000 you can get fined or imprisoned if you try and try and stop one of your children from uh, you know, converting into this transgenderism. So, look, what you do is you sit down, you talk to them, but you talk to them from the point of view of the lies. If you go through the actual uh, process of, tra- you know, of, of, of being transgendered, you, you'll find that there are a lot of lies in, in there that are not being made known to the children. It's irreversible. Uh, there are a lot of regrets from kids that do it. And you start exposing the lies and then you start telling the truth and say, look, have a look at the biblical perspective 
and there is only male and female. So it's a hard, it's a hard road, but we need to do it now because it will become more and more uh, popular. And I hate to use that word popular, but it will become popular with the kids. And we as parents, in particular Christian parents, need to make a stand and let our children know and our young adults know that, hey, this is not for you from a Christian perspective. <clears throat> uh, let's turn some attention, Greg, to uh, secular media and Christianity and uh, how a Christian might think of what they're hearing in secular media and what they might even do to hold secular media accountable for some of those things. And, and you know, some of the things we've been talking around uh, ideologies, these things do become popularised mm. because of the media. So thoughts here around secular media and Christianity? Yes, I do, Neil. Look, what, what we've done here, Christian Voice Australia actually made a representation to a major radio station here in Sydney. The issue being here is that I think the media, in particular, I'm talking about radio, and we'll get to TV later, but radio in particular, uh, is starting to use more and more uh, what we would say anti-Christian or, 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 you know, if you want to call it anti-Christian, or words that would be unpopular with a Christian in who is listening to a station. In particular, you know, I was listening to a one commentator talking about uh, promoting the movie Oppenheimer. Now, they didn't even mention that it was an MA plus 15 rating. Now, and I've spoken about this before, but the movie is full of graphic sex. Now, it's got nothing to do with the atomic bomb, by, by the way, but it, it is promoting this graphic sex. So why is it being heard on radio? The other thing we hear here on radio now is gambling. Online betting, you know, radio announcers are talking about, oh, no, you know, place a bet on this and place a bet on that. And then not only that, but one radio commentator not long ago, and a Christian Voice Australia made an objection to this, well, they were saying voluntary assisted dying is now legal. Isn't it wonderful that people can do this? Well, Neil, that is outrageous. You're promoting uh, assisted suicide, and this is just not on. And finally, I hear the word Jesus mentioned by radio announcers on TV all the time. Now, this is enough of we need to make our voice heard as Christians through the available um, avenues that we have. <clears throat> and, you know, when you uh, when those roll off the tongue, as they do, uh, the gambling issues, uh, the challenges that we all face when we're making some sort of moral judgment about the movies that we will see or our family will see, you know, the prevalence of, uh, mm. you know, the euthanasia uh, debate and uh, the devaluing of human life, uh, the sorts of words being used yep. in media everywhere. And that's not even to mention the push for uh, legalising and uh, decriminalising drugs like cannabis and the mm. drinking culture. I mean, those sorts of things, we do need to be reminded from time to time that when we're actually outside of the sanctuary of our homes, uh, there is a battlefield and you do need to take extra care around your own uh, self and also your family. Hey, just touch on, uh, we run short of time a little bit today, but yep. there's an Adelaide barber who has applied for exemption to protect a male-only space. You've been following this one along. What's happening there in Adelaide? Oh, Neil, I'm almost tempted to catch a flight to Adelaide and get my hair cut here because <laughs> it is the last place where it's the last bastion for male freedom, I guess. Uh, this particular barber is saying, look, this is a barbershop for men. Uh, you know, it's not for women. Uh, and they actually received a complaint uh, to the uh, somebody put in a complaint to the Equal Opportunity South Australia. Now, this poor barbershop simply wants a place where men can come and get a haircut, 
perhaps do men talk, uh, what people might even say, secret men's business. But the issue nearly here is, it com- comes down to the fact that why is it that you can have female-only hairdressers or salons or gyms and etc., but we can't have a male-only barbershop? And do you know what, Neil? It comes down again to our biblical perspective of what is a man and what is a woman. Because, you see, now the trans men and, and the non-binary people are now saying, oh, I want to go to this barbershop. Well, Neil, for goodness sake... Where are we going? So I totally support the barbershop and I'm going to take uh, whatever action I can to support them in their endeavours to keep it as the last <laughs> free male um, place where men can talk and men business, Neil. Uh, but, Greg, let me just uh, play devil's advocate here for a few moments. Uh, some women might be thinking, well, why would these men need a men's only space? But women perhaps could likely get a cheaper haircut at a barber than what they can get at their own hairdresser. Have you thought through oh, that issue? <laughs> I have, Neil. Look, I've spoken to my wife. She gets a haircut and she pays over $100. I get a haircut and I pay 20 bucks, Neil. <laughs> now, I don't think anyone's going to go to a barbershop to get a haircut. Uh, look, you know, all just aside, Neil, the problem we've got here is once again, we're being forced to accept the secular view of gender. No, this particular barbershop wants to be a male-only uh, dominion and, and we should allow that to happen. And, and not for the sake of being discriminatory it's simply the fact that you know in our society today this is a a a venue that has decided to have a shop that's for men only just like you would have a a a pool for women only or whatever the case may be let's make sure that we're playing the same game and we're you know having the same equal um sort of regulatory uh sort of (laughs) sanctions on organisations, businesses and what have you. So, look, I fully support this. Um, and, and in that respect, I think we need to, as Christians, confirm that male, female, from a biblical perspective, and that's it, you know. And the biggest controversies of the year, are how do you define a woman? Well, there's also the other the other hand, how do you define a man? And again, Correct. Um, again as a Christian believer... Uh, someone who puts their faith in God, you know that God is your creator. He's the sustainer of all things. Uh, you've got to be able to put some trust in the way that he defines true things like male and female, don't you? Absolutely. And let's, just, you know, let's, not, let's not be too sort of critical. Um, but Neil, it's male and female. Why are they trying to change science? Let's just go with what we know. Let's go with a biblical perspective. And if this guy wants to have a male-only barbershop, let's support him. And let's not look at the ways that you can undermine his particular operation. So, Neil, I'm all for this particular venue having a male-only barbershop. And just quickly, webinar-wise, you've got coming up a pre-Father's Day webinar. What's happening with that one? I certainly do. I think, you know... Fathers, again, are, uh, you know, are not recognised as much as they should be. Well, no, we have Mother's Day, we have Father's Day. But in particular, I've got three godly men that will talk about being a godly father in a secular society. And, and, and that really is something. The 28th of August, it's a Monday, 7pm. Uh, but look, the point I'm making here is, again, that men need to hear and women need to hear from godly men as to how they see their role. So I've got some wonderful people uh, talking, Warwick Marsh, Charles Newington, uh, Terry Hardy, uh, uh, and uh, not Terry Harding, the, uh, um, my, my third guest also is um, 
Oh, I've forgotten his name at the moment, but the point <laughs> I'm making here, I've, I've got so many people I'm interviewing at the moment, Neil, that, uh, that it's becoming a real headache. But the point I want to make here is that let's hear from godly men. And men, please tune into this, and women, please tune in as well, because these men will be talking about what it means to be a godly father in a secular age. Well, Greg Bondar is National Director of Christian Voice Australia, and to connect with Greg, you can go to the website christianvoiceaustralia.blog. christianvoiceaustralia.blog, you'll find details there about the webinar we were just mentioning, the pre-Father's Day webinar, christianvoiceaustralia.blog. Uh, Thank you so much, Greg, for another great update today on 2020. Every blessing, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 